consisting of a radical solution to all of mankind's social problems. This does not imply that the solution is universal in the sense that all persons everywhere will adopt the program. It is universal only in the sense that if applied, it will work as promised. But it is called a radical solution to mankind's social problems because it targets radicals as clients and assumes radicals will be the primary beneficiary of the program. Extremists will not take up the program. The solution as presented requires clients make two assumptions. Clients must acknowledge two great bodies of knowledge. These two bodies or classes of truth are embraced by two quite distinct groups of persons called races. The two types of truth are referred to as the body of liberal truths and the body of radical truths. Liberals and radicals share the same truths about the physical world so far as observations are concerned. Chemistry, physics, biology, and other studies that focus on the physical things of the natural world are composed of facts discovered by empiricism. These are not the topic of this discussion. The interpretations of these facts, the why of them, differ, but the difference is not discussed here. The social sciences are the topic of this essay. We discuss economics, religion, politics, and their components such as history. For the purposes of this essay, these soft sciences are referred to as the humanities or social sciences. The two bodies of knowledge are associated with two modes of thought. These are variously associated with a priori thinking, rationalism, analytics, logic and metaphysics or a posteriori, synthetic truths, cultural relativism, contingent truth, relativism and of course liberalism. The two great truths or ways of thinking create or are the source of the great schism. The division forms two races with two discrete types of consciousness. There is no reconciling these two groups. These are the sapiens race and the a priorians race. Sapiens are liberals and heirs to extremism or the extremist view of society. A priorians are radicals and adhere to a radical view of society. It is important that the client not only understand there are two distinct ways of interpreting the world's knowledge, but two distinct races that do the interpreting. This then is the format and the architecture of our discussion. The proposition of this inquiry is simple. There are two races with two ways of understanding reality. These two approaches form two distinct consciousnesses. Liberals are extremists and their approach to problem solving creates an insurmountable difficulty for them. Neither argument in an extremist debate is winnable and neither position holds a winnable argument. Both sides are set up to fail, regardless of the question or debate. All extremist debates do is polarize the two sides. There is no path to a resolution in a polarized debate. That is the attitude of a parasite. They will kill the host before they resort tea working for a living. It is not just laziness. They despise the host and do not wish to be put in the same situation the host is, and so are deathly frightened of finding themselves in a situation in which they must work to live. Even the clients of charities are rarely willing to help out preferring to take what they can while doing the least they can. What has led to this unfortunate situation is the idea we are all one species. We have always been taught there is but one humanity, one human race. The argument that we are all in this together reflects this kind of thinking. The pledge to never leave the needy in need is a natural outgrowth from a belief we are of the same race. 
As if to drive this idea of humanity being one race, the conception of race was linked to a few superficial physical characteristics. We might be of different skin tones and hair colors, and these might divide us in a superficial way, but in the end we all bleed red. The political, religious, and economic divisions between us were visible, but these divisions were considered artificial and bridgeable. But what if the division was real and in fact the most significant thing about humanity was our division into two fundamentally different races of being? This is not my view. This is the biblical view. The Bible tells us there are people of the spirit and the people of the flesh. The Bible tells us there is a city representing evil called Babylon. Not only are Christians not part of this commonwealth, but they ought also to ensure they are out of it. Christians are told there are two masters, but Christians cannot serve both God and mammon. No one who reads the Bible can embrace the idea that we are all in this together. Reading the Bible ought to make us aware that there is no single race that corresponds to we the people. Even if the fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the highest places, it is still a war and there is still a division we as Christians ought to respect and not pretend we do not see it. But and this is a big but, if the problem is the division between peoples, and if the solution involves isolating the source of the problem, there is no universal solution. There is no solution that pertains to all people, at all times, everywhere. If we try and stop bank robberies by convening a round table to hear everyone's input, including the opinions of bank robbers, the talks will not stop the robbing of banks. There is no vox populi, voice of the people. There is no common cause. For democracy to work, there would need to be a commonality, a purpose of man to which all persons subscribe. There might then be a difference of opinion as to which option ought to be given the priority, but the path would not be debated. But if there are two races, then there are two objectives, and both involve the extermination of the other group. There was no vox populi in Nazi Germany nor in Pol Pot's Cambodia. Why do we think the situation is any different in the West? With the growing polarization and political division, it is obvious there will be no reconciliation. A universal solution is possible only if the solution is not universal but customized to the needs of radicals. There are a race of radicals and a race of extremists, and they are not reconcilable. The solutions of one do not fit the needs of the other group. Extremists are governed by the dual doctrine of power. Might makes right and the end justifies the means. If it can be done and is done, then what is done is a legitimate use of power. We saw in the Second World War, fascists were determined to conquer the world. Their ethics were based on their successes. If they had won the war, their actions would have been legitimized by the outcome. But as they lost, the strategy they utilized was deemed ill-advised. Western radicals believe more is needed than trial and error to discern a solution to the age-old dilemmas of man. Even when a solution works within the limits of this system, it is no guarantee it will continue to work or will not generate so much resistance it will have to be discarded. A universal solution provides a means by which the value of an option can be evaluated. This would make a choice a reflection of the group's primary purpose. A principle that operated as a standard of comparison or verification principle would serve as an overall purpose. Immediately we encounter a problem. There can be no purpose of man if there is no race of man. 
There are two races and therefore the purpose pertains to only one group. The purpose of radicals is to create value. The purpose of extremists is to obtain value. Indeed, if one is not generating value, one is an extremist, not a radical. It follows that if one is not an extremist, one is not creating opposition. If we are a radical, we are living by the golden rule. This is simple logic. There are only two logical possibilities. We either create value or do not. If we are alive, we are consuming things with value. The value must come somewhere. Either we create it or we consume what others created. Those who think they have no right to the value created by others are radical and live by the golden rule. Those who reject radicalism strive to extract wealth from others. Naturally, this produces resistance from the creator of the value. This is the creation of extremism. It is really not complicated. We either pay our own way or we are parasites. The actions of parasites produce polarization because the host must always put up some level of resistance. The universal radical solution is to reduce extremism by eliminating the access parasites have to our resources. To do this we need a measure or standard of value to rate and compare the value created to the value consumed. We need to create a church as a spiritual entity to serve as a judge over us. As with everything else, there are two paths we can take here. Extremists create physical structures to which they attach value. Extremists accumulate or seek to accumulate physical property. But no one created anything physical but God, and no one has a claim to any of the natural world but God. Therefore, all claims to nature are illegitimate. Extremists worship idols or physical gods. Their courts focus on the physical nature of things. Our God and our justice is spiritual and our worship is in the spirit. The church is the manifestation of the spirit of God on earth. The church is a spiritual institution that measures value and adjudicates claims. The church is set up by people worshiping in his name, the name of Jesus. We as the body of Christ come together to help one another. This creates value. The correlate of helping one another is specialization. The church promotes and guides the specialization of its members. It is the coming together to help one another which builds the church, which is us, as the body of Christ. There is a dynamic at play here that needs to be appreciated. The building of the church as the body of Christ is all quite natural and logical. Specialization creates no opposition. Extremists create mass movements because they rely on duplication of events and the way an army tries to standardize all of its units. When we create value, we create for the church which is the people of God. We help others when we produce value and value is produced by specialists doing unique things in a unique way. The church is a group or community given over to specialization. When we add value, we add value to the community by means of specialized activity. This is a far different thing than what happens with extremists who seek to extract unearned value from others. This is why extremism always produces opposition. The universal solution is radicalism because radicalism generates specialization. Western radicalism is a church created to add value to its members. In this sense, a church is the accounts of the members. We add value to the church's account to add value to the accounts of the members who are the owners of the radical church. 
Specialization not only builds the church by adding value to the accounts of its members, but it also systematically eliminates or disenfranchises extremists. All human problems are created by the loss of value that occurs when extremists access the accounts of specialists. Parasites making claims to what does not belong to them always causes problems. Eliminate these false claims and social problems are eliminated. Thus, a church focused on specialization produces a radical universal solution to our human social problems.